Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Well, I found some of the games in week six, the ones that I watched, to be an absolute snooze fest. A couple of them started out okay, but then kind of dropped off. Like there were a lot of like games that ended in the teens, or one team has like 21 points, the other team has, you know, nine. So I felt like this week was a really snooze fest, and that kind of sucked, at least the games I watched. So I'm feeling kind of like low energy for that. But then I'm also feeling excited for week seven because there are some matchups this week that I think could have huge offensive potential. So I'm also kind of excited about that. And also, I can't believe it's already week seven. Yeah, we are, I guess, a third of the way done. Yeah, and about cl- getting close to the halfway mark of most most fantasy seasons. So... It is, it is kind of interesting that we're already kind of at that point. And then a lot, a lot of people have their playoffs start, you know, week, week 15, 16. I think in our, our home league, it's week 15. So we have 14 games after this week, we're halfway through. So I, that just kind of snuck up on me. Like we're already here in week seven. I think that's, that's just wild. It's going by so fast. Yeah, no, it, uh, I don't know. For me, it kind of feels like it's going fast, but at the same time, it's going slow because of how many injuries there have been. Um, it's like been a constant juggle of, okay, who is, who is healthy? How are this many people possibly hurt this badly this fast in the season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a lot. There's been a lot of injuries that impact your team basically on, on a weekly basis and their high end players. And I don't know what, there is to blame, but I, I really am looking at, you You know, I don't know what they're doing for training camp, and I don't know if that's changed a lot, but we have gone from four preseason games down to three, plus a lot of starters don't play a lot of reps, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. That would just be one thing I would want to look at from sort of the uneducated eye. That would be my uh, hypothesis, as one would say. I would start looking there to see is, if there's a reason why people are getting injured because maybe they're not quite as prepared, they're not up to game speed yet, but it's definitely feeling at least like there's more injuries this season than there has been in the past. Yeah, it just seems like a lot more, maybe it's just because they're all fantasy relevant players. Um, and like in other years, it's just people who aren't really fantasy relevant, but there's a lot of people on IR so far and there's more with... Uh, in our news today or people who are out for an equivalent amount of time. Um, yeah, but yeah, it just makes the, the weekly waiver wire is, uh, it's never, never dull because there's always somebody having to replace an injured player, unfortunately. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And, and even, you know, even so as, as it goes through, these are, this is the kind of part of the season where you, start to try to establish the team you want for fantasy going forward and in, into the playoffs. And I know a lot of leagues will start to have trade deadlines in a couple of weeks, you know, getting into getting into November at least. So yeah, I think, I think this is a, it's a rough time and every week you're right. There's a couple on IR and, and that's when it's four weeks, 
you know, minimum that a lot of them have to sit out. That is so significant in in the fantasy world. Yeah, especially if you get to around this point in the season, because if you're if you're on the lower end of your league's rankings and now your best player is out for four weeks, you might need those four wins to be able to get into the playoffs. You need to make a move. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's very true. Luckily, I'm sitting atop mm. our house league. So I'm number one with a five and one record with a fantastic victory uh, this week. So, no longer undefeated, um, though. No longer undefeated. No, I, I lost by point six points two weeks ago. Yes. But I again, I, to take a page out of your book, I've moved on. Okay, I moved on to Cincinnati and I crushed Cincinnati. Now I'm moving on to I don't even know <laughs> what what the metaphor would be for the next. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but whoever is after Cincinnati, that's what I'm moving on to next. And for me, it's just about um, putting wins together. Like that. I've just got to keep winning, keep playing, make some upgrades here and there, try to improve my team. But hey, I'm I'm five and one. I'm sitting alone atop the standings, not tied with anyone, and I feel good about it. And I have the highest amount of points for so. It's not a flip. Yeah. No, everyone seems to think it is. Everyone keeps to, ah, oh, you only win because of this. Excuses, excuses, excuses. As we used to say in high school, losers talk. All right. <laughs> what that means, Josh, is that losers will talk yes. and talk and talk and like try to make you feel bad and that type of thing. But it's like, no, you just, just a, that's a loser. You're just talking. I say what I want to say out on the field. Right. Well, I'll point out. I have the second most amount of points, and I am t- in like a, I think a five-way tie for between fourth and ninth. There are six, six teams. teams. Oh, even better. <laughs> that, are, yeah. that are tied at three and yeah. three. Um, yeah, but see, to me, that's where I, I always look at the points for as kind of the context for the record. So when you say like, okay, you're the next highest scoring team in our league at three and three, well, to me, that means you're sitting at a good three and three. Because at least you're still scoring consistently. Maybe you played a couple teams that outscored you. You had some difficult issues or injuries or what have you. But if you're scoring a lot of points, you're a little bit more secure than a team, say, sitting, I don't know, maybe there's a team also at 3-3 and that has, like, more than 100 points less right now than you, which I think there are two of them that do. Well, that, to me, is a weaker 3-3 and to sit at, where you're just not scoring as many points, but you won a few games here and there. I would be looking to make changes and moves for your three and three. I think you can have some confidence to say, well, in any given week, you have a chance. You're giving yourself a chance to win. Your players give yourself a chance to win. Yeah. Yeah. I beat myself last week, which we talked about on off air. Um, Literally, if I had made any, literally any start sit decision that I made, if I had made the opposite, I would have won. (laughs) So, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I see. I hate when that happens. I'm a, see. I'm fine when I lose. I feel a little bit better when I lose, and my bench didn't perform well either. So I can sit back and be like, "Well, no matter what I did, I would have lost this week." Then players sitting on your bench who are doing excellent, and you chose to sit them that week. That would that would make me so frustrated. Oh yeah, I had literally eight, there was five different start decisions that I made, and all five were wrong. Some, sometimes yeah. only like a, <laughs> and that will cost yeah it cost week. me a week and like sometimes i was only wrong by like a point but like at least two of them it was like a six or seven point difference and i lost by i think two and a Which, half points when you add all that well up, i only yeah, lost by two and a half points up. so if any of those decisions had been different i would have been fine yeah. but oh uh, well that that's that's how it goes um well we do have a lot of injuries uh to break down so why don't we just 
dive right into the news and get that rolling. Uh, Khalil Herbert was officially placed on the IR with that ankle injury, so he will be out for four weeks minimum. Justin Jefferson could possibly be out up to six weeks, so not just the four weeks. Um, He's going to go for image testing after four weeks to try to determine a timeline when he can return. So, like we were just talking about, like this time of year, if you're the Justin Jefferson manager and you might not have him for six weeks, you might not get him back till the playoffs. Assuming you make the playoffs without him. Yeah. It's a tough situation to be in. Yeah. And and that's one of those things, you know, like, do you sell Justin Jefferson to maybe a team who's looking like they're going to make the playoffs anyways and try to get enough back that you can sneak your way in, but then you got to face Justin Jefferson in the playoffs. So, you know, it's it's all a big balancing act. And, and, I mean, at the same time, there's no guarantee he comes back. You know, like, that that was floating around last week was that he might not come back at all this season. So, Well, and you have to put it in the context of where the team is. If if the, the Vikings are not having a good year to begin with, if they're not in in the, the hunt for a playoff spot in, in four to six weeks, they will not bring him back. We've seen that happen before where that player be like, okay, you're sitting for the rest of the year. Yep. Because why why risk further injury? So I think that's even more cautious with with what's going on with Jefferson because he honestly might not be back at all. Just because the Vikings are in such a terrible situation this year. Yeah, that's right. If I think if they had I, I think if you flipped their record they'd be fighting to get him back because they're looking strong. They're going to probably make the playoffs right now. It's very much in doubt if they're going to make the playoffs uh, unless some things change. So, and without him, I don't see them winning a lot of games. Well, exactly. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah. That makes it a lot harder, which we saw this past week, like the other options. They're good, but they're not Justin Jefferson. Well, and Addison's just, you know, he's, yeah, he's a rookie. Yeah. He's not quite there yet. I think, I think he's going to be a great player, but he's not quite there yet. Um, so, and then beyond him, it starts to get pretty thin, at least at the receiving core. I know they've got Hawkinson, um, but it's, it does start to get a little thin uh, beyond Jefferson. So I just, I, that's what I think is going to happen. I think the Vikings are going to lose a couple more games in a row. Maybe they win here or there, but they're going to lose a bunch of games. By the time it's time for him to kind of come back, they're going to be like, why, why even risk it? That's what I, that would be my fear of what's going to happen. Yeah. And I believe he's up to negotiate a contract. So that'll probably play a role in it too. You know, does he need to come back and prove, no, I still got it. That way he can go get the money or play it safe and, and just point to what he had already done prior to the injury to be like, no, if you want me, pay me. Um, I, if I, if I was the Vikings, I'd give him the money. Honestly, you're nothing without him. You're going to be moving on from Kirk Cousins, probably. You're going to go after and look for another quarterback. If you want to bring in someone with some pedigree, if you want to go out and find someone who isn't a rookie or trade for someone, et cetera, Justin Jefferson is a piece that can appeal to others. Like, I think you need him. Because if you have Jefferson and you have Addison, and even even the running back situation like Matheson, who's decent, but you know they, they seem fine with them. With that and Hawkinson, you still have a pretty good frame here. 
and you just need a quarterback. So if again, if I was the Vikings, I would give the money over. But who knows with the way these negotiations go? Who knows what's going to happen? But I personally wouldn't be hesitating. No, and I'm not entirely sure what their full like cap situation is. But I, th- I you let Dalvin Cook go. I don't think you can let him go. No, and again with. Kirk Cousins coming off the books. Hopefully that frees up some money. Um, and again, I think I think in an ideal world, if you're the Vikings, you want to keep Jefferson. You've already drafted Addison, which is great. Maybe add another rookie or interesting young piece to your receiving core in the offseason and then find a good quarterback. Like I think you want to go after a quarterback who's maybe a backup somewhere else you might see potential in or a free agent who you can entice in like they did with Kirk Cousins. Um, because I, I really think that this team is not as bad as their record is showing, but it will get so much worse if they lose Jefferson to free agency for nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I'd... And boy, would that be a piece. Yeah. Like if next year for the, he's a free agent, the teams would be bidding. Oh, 100%. He could go wherever he wanted. It would just be who's willing to sign the biggest anyway. check. Yeah. Yeah. And that might even tip the scales, depending on where he goes even extremely star players to go to a team that doesn't have anything, they won't do anything. But if he goes somewhere that has some pieces, he could really tip the scales for a team and suddenly they're a contender. Absolutely. Uh, Another player uh, who we now know as of today will not be returning this season, Anthony Richardson, is going to undergo season-ending surgery on his AC joint. So That was what we were talking about. We were were worried that with the way he was playing, And being a rookie that he was going to get hurt. And there you go. Yep. And I think a week later he got that injury. And now he's. Uh, a, I mean, I can understand the Colts point of view, too, because um, clearly they think he's going to be a franchise quarterback for them. So why risk the long term potential to try to bring him back this season and maybe make it worse? Yeah. Like if, yeah. if they've seen enough from him already that they know they're going to want to use him next year and, and in the future, then just, yeah, hit the bench, recover. Let's get you back to full health and we'll take it again from next year and maybe try not to get you obliterated in the open field, every other play. Um, but it sucks for fantasy because as we saw already, Gardner Minshew is a, a steep step down from, from Anthony Richardson, although they do pass a lot more. So maybe, better for the other options like the receiving options for the Colts it's just they're not good throws but you throw a lot more you know it's yeah I don't know you it's just such a shame to see a young quarterback who is so exciting because yes you know they're going to change their office a little bit but like he was he brought this exciting element to it like I was just saying at the beginning of the show like how this week to me was like a snooze fest and now here you are taking a player out of the equation who was bringing the level of excitement. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like, we went from a snooze fest to the injured reserve list, which is getting bigger and bigger each week with all these stars that make the game so exciting. And Anthony Richardson is just someone who's been exciting to watch. So it's just a shame. Yeah, no, it is. And, and unfortunately we, like we said before, you know, you could kind of see that this might be coming if something didn't change and it didn't change fast enough. So just unluck, unlucky yeah. for him. And, Hopefully it's something that they can address next season to try to keep him healthier. Yeah. 
That's all you can do. Uh, Justin Fields suffered a thumb injury to his throwing hand, which I believe has been diagnosed as a dislocated thumb. I haven't heard anything yet about anything being torn. I don't know if that was confirmed that it wasn't torn or the that just hasn't been determined yet. Um, if torn, I think it means he will need surgery and will miss, I think, like up to six weeks potentially. Um, but as it is right now, he's already gonna, likely to miss several weeks, ju- even if it's not torn. So because he can't grip the ball. Kind of an important part of throwing a tight spiral, being able to properly grip the football. I'd say so. Yeah. So just as we got to see his uh, his star start to burn bright this season, it uh, has been diminished. We'll see what he looks like when he comes back. Um, but obviously, you know, like the, the spark that DJ Moore had, probably now gone. Uh, they're on like their third or fourth string running back because their entire running back room got injured in the same game. Uh, the, the Bears offense took a giant step back there, unfortunately, just with bad injury luck. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was diagnosed with a knee sprain. Uh, He's currently listed, I mean, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you'll know whether he played or not. As of right now, he's listed as uncertain for week seven with optimism that he can play. Um, If he doesn't play, that's going to be a step down for the Jaguars offense. Uh, but at the same time, he is not like we were talking before we started recording. He has not looked good so far this season. So maybe uh, if he does sit out a week or two, give them a chance to, I guess, sort out what what their offense needs to do to get back on track. Because Travis Etienne has been the only consistent part there. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because Lawrence, I think, needs the playing time with his receiving core to develop more chemistry, get things going. There's too many turnovers, too many mistakes. I don't. I, I mean, I was saying to you off air, I don't like this matchup anyway. So I think with the potential of him being injured and the matchup being tough, it's going to be a rough week for for them. Yeah, this is not a good, not a good matchup for the Jaguars, anyways. So might be for the best. He just sits it out. Uh, Damian Harris yeah. suffered a neck injury in the week six game against the Giants. He was taken to the hospital and diagnosed with a neck sprain. So probably best case scenario, really, considering he got taken off on a on a backboard. Um, and I don't I don't know if you saw this. There were conspiracy theories going around on social media about it. Did, did you see any of those? <laughs> I did not. No. They're they're absolute garbage, um, and just oh, I'm just sure. tr- trash humans, trash takes. But essentially, they were saying it was an NFL ritual that a Bills player had to get hurt because of Demar Hamlin last year, and Damian Harris and Demar Hamlin have the same initials. They play on the same team, so it was an NFL ritual. Like set. it was scripted that Damian Harris was going to get hurt to like improve the Bills. Just garbage. If if there's anyone, yeah, if there's anyone out there who thinks the NFL is scripted, you're you're you need some help. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. There's no way that that's true. It was an absolute accident. The NFL does not want to see players hurt. Can you imagine? They don't being Nick Chubb, and then you're reading the NFL script and like, yeah, in week two, your leg is going to get absolutely destroyed. You may never play football again. See ya. Like, who would agree to that? 
who in their right mind would no be one. like, oh yeah, that sounds like no a one. great and, time. And that's that's the thing. Conspiracy theorists don't have a good sense of reality, which we know that, but they're not thinking logically. The NFL wants to make money. That's its only goal. That's what it wants more than anything else. Hurting players and having players hurt doesn't help their game. All it does is put a spotlight on safety. It makes them having to change and spend more money to do things to address safety issues. They do not want players to go down. They don't want stars out. They don't want, they, they wouldn't want Cooper Cup missing four weeks, five weeks, what have you. There's no script to it. It was a random accident. It was really unfortunate that he gets hurt in this way. But yeah, that's it's an absolutely ridiculous take. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's why. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me no. <laughs> that these things are out there. But it's it it just shows the lack of of understanding that money is what makes the world go round. Players being injured, it starts to devalue things for them. They want their stars in the game. They want people making bets on the game. They want people in the seats to see the stars. And people getting hurt doesn't benefit the NFL in any way at all. No, no. Uh, Josh Allen suffered a shoulder injury in that same game. He said there's no concern about mobility or pain and that he should be ready to go for New England. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo left... His game against New England with a back injury. Um, he went to take him to the hospital. Seems like everything was okay internally. No real red flags there, but more than likely he's not going to be available for week seven. Hmm. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel both exited their week six loss to the 40, uh, to the Browns. Christian McCaffrey had an oblique slash ribs injury and Debo Samuel left with a shoulder injury, but they're both potentially going to be available for uh, Monday night's matchup. Keep an eye on that heading into the weekend, because unless you have a pivot option Monday night, you don't want to be stuck with Christian McCaffrey in your lineup and then not be he doesn't play and you have no one to turn to. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully he's not out super long or anything, but um, yeah, you, you definitely want to keep an eye on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyron Williams has a sprained ankle. He's expected to miss multiple weeks and should be back after the week 10 bye. So we're going to see maybe Zach Evans. Maybe they they brought in a handful of running backs onto their practice squad. So who knows who exactly we're going to see rolling out there for the Rams. But uh, no Williams for the next few weeks, unfortunately. Yeah. David Montgomery is going to miss some time with a rib cartilage injury. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until week 10 because they have the week nine by he's missing week seven. Yeah. I would say like, I, I'm not overly familiar with that type of injury. I think that might be more of a pain issue. Um, so maybe week eight, he could play, but with the bye week, the week after I'd say if he's not a hundred percent, they'll probably just keep him out and, uh, uh, bring them back after the bye. That way they have them for their playoff push because of how well they're doing. Yeah, that just seems like that's the play. That's what most people will do is they'll want him for the push. They want him for that. I mean, again, the only one who's celebrating here is Jamar Gibbs owners who might, Jamar Gibbs, who might finally get to see him in action here <laughs> and, and get some real, you know, end zone time because like Montgomery just touchdown machine. Yeah. Oh, we're in the red zone. Give it to Montgomery Hill score. Absolutely, like it's he's been fantastic. So they're going to want to protect him for their playoff run. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Um, and then hopefully Gibbs can come back because he's been out for the past two weeks anyway. So we'll see who the Lions play in week seven as well. Yep. The Eagles have signed wide receiver Julio Jones. The Packers signed running back James Robinson. And the Rams signed running back uh, Miles Gaskin. So another uh, name for the backfield there for the Rams. And bringing in James Robinson, I don't know if that means Aaron Jones is still not 100% or if they just realize A.J. Dillon is not doing enough as Jones' backup. Um, but then again, James Robinson has been signed to like three different teams already this season and then let go, so who knows? Who knows what that'll bring? Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson is still listed as day-to-day. To, day to day. He's unsure if he will play in week seven. And Kyler Murray is going to be activated off of the IR. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to be playing or anything. Like, he might not play. Really, he doesn't even have to, I think, do a full practice until three, before three weeks from now. So, yeah. Yeah. He has a 21 day. It's going to be a while. Yeah. He has a 21 day window where he just has to start practicing, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then he can be activated onto the, or brought onto the actual roster. I think that's how it works or something like so, that. Something to yeah. that effect. I, he has a 21 day window to get back into basically proving that he is eligible to play. Um, so really, it might not be till week 10 or 11 before we even see him on the field if we, if we do. If we see him, yeah, like that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if they're in a rush to get him out there. Honestly, like it's just not. I it's just such a bad situation mm-hmm. that I, I feel like they're they're going to want to try to move away from him. Um, especially because, like, at the end of the day, I never thought I'd be saying this, but like Dobbs has played well enough to keep him. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird, but they're. I think the Cardinals are pretty happy with the job that Dobbs has done. They know this year's a write-off for them anyway. I feel like they're thinking like, yeah, we'll see how, you know, we'll keep an eye on Murray. We'll see how he does. We'll get him into practice and stuff. But I don't think there's a huge desire to get him back. No, I mean, they're one in five. They're they're at the bottom of their division. They're tied. The only team in their conference that has the worst record is the Panthers. Um. And they're in a three-way tie for second worst. So I don't think there's a really a rush. Like bringing him back is not going to salvage their season and make a playoff push or anything. So no, there's no way. Yeah, I, I'd say maybe we bring him back to kind of see what they're working with um, towards the end of the season when it's like they're kind of checked out anyways and just see, okay, like, can we use Kyler next year? Do we need to draft a quarterback? What are we doing? Uh, but Outside of that, I don't imagine they're going to bring him back. Uh, the New York Jets are sending wide receiver McCool Hardman back to the Kansas City Chiefs in exchange for a 2025 late round pick swap. So that was short lived for McCool Hardman in New York. <laughs> yeah, very, very short lived. It's interesting that the Chiefs would want him back. But again, I mean, I think that the type of offense, as we know, that likes to just spread the ball. Yeah. So, and he's familiar you know, with another, another piece. Fine. Yeah, exactly. And we know they've had struggles with, with Tony. Um, I think that there's other players that they haven't been too happy with. They're like, let's just throw someone else who knows our system into the mix and we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And that's it for news and notes for this week. Uh, before we move on to our conquerors and bus from week six, just want to remind everyone, if you have any fan questions for us, feel free, reach out. You can reach us on social media. 
Facebook, Instagram, X on threads. Here you can go to conqueredraft.com, fill out the form on our podcast page. We love to hear from you. And don't forget, you can join our uh, our Patreon community and get access to our Discord. You can go to patreon.com slash conqueredraft. You get uh, additional start-sit options, Thursday night start-sits, trade targets, waiver wire targets, and you get priority for, uh, for any questions that you have for us. So, uh, again, you can go to uh, conqueredraft.com. We have the link on there as well. You can become a conqueror today. So let's dive into week six, conquerors and busts. At quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, 28.48 fantasy points in what started out pretty slow, but then ended up just being a absolute body slam of a game for Miami. That game, yeah, ended up going very one-sided. Very quickly. Very quickly. And that adds to kind of my comments of, there were some exciting moments in a few games this week that I watched, but this was one of the ones that like at the beginning was like, oh, this might be kind of good. It's going to be an interesting game. That you know they're they're off to a, a bit of a rough start, but then Miami just decided, hey, you know what, we'll play. Some yeah, it's like, you know what? Okay, we're done joking around now. Let's play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haha, that was fun. Let's. We going. spotted you two <laughs> touchdowns. Now, now it's a challenge. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> and you have to like you have to give them credit. One of the things that I always hear, especially from from people in the business, is good teams just find a way to win. So when you're not playing well or you have a rough start, you've got to give them credit to bounce back and have a really good second half. Like it just brings more to this feeling that the Dolphins are for real this year. I think they have some defensive issues. Like I I really do, but their offense can clearly strike really fast. They're never out of any game. No, definitely not. No, at, at any point, really. Their defense is enough to keep them in games that they don't really have to worry about getting blown out, and their offense can score pretty much anytime they have the ball. So, uh, Dak Prescott, twenty six point eight eight points, not bad, not bad. I know you're not a fan of him, but uh, he did do okay. Uh, so you know, yeah, a blip, yeah, a blip, blip Everyone on the radar, has a blip, you know. Sam Howell had what two less points? Uh, yep, yep, that's, <laughs> so there you that's go. right. Yeah, uh, Jared Goff had twenty six point four two, and Sam Howell had twenty four point three four, and Justin Herbert had twenty two point zero eight. Um, that's kind of like a pretty low week for the quarterbacks. He is number five, and he's only at twenty two points, so a bit of a, a low scoring week there. Yeah, I mean it. It was like there there were a lot of close low scoring games or games that got out of hand fast. Uh, and then the offenses were clicking. Like it, it was not to me even as active as a week as we've seen. Like I'm fine with lower scoring games. I'm not. I'm not one of those people. Like you know, high scoring games are entertaining. Low scoring games are not. It's just there are certain low scoring games that are not entertaining. And that's not when the defenses are playing well. It's when your offenses are playing poorly. If the defense is shutting you down, but you're playing well, that's a battle, and that's really entertaining. But there were just too many games this week where the offenses were just not clicking. It just wasn't working for so many teams. So it doesn't surprise me to see the stats were, were you know, going down this quickly and that these were lower high-end quarterbacks this week. Yeah, and I, I think you see a correlation that the running game tends to be a bit stronger in those games too. Yeah. Um, just because 
you're trying to kind of kill the clock and keep last possession, right? When they're when they're tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, some busts at quarterback. We had Ryan Tannehill, who had one just over one fantasy point left with an ankle injury. Um, we actually didn't talk about that in the news. So he has an ankle injury similar to the one that kept him out for most of last season. So something to keep an eye on because that will uh, pretty much take away whatever value DeAndre Hopkins had if uh, we have to see Malik Willis uh, running out there because it did not look good and make it even harder for Derrick Henry to score points because now they definitely know they're going to run the ball. Not just They're not just pretty sure. Now they definitely know it's Derrick Henry what? coming. Yeah. What what value though has does Hopkins really have this year anyway? I think in PPR leagues, it like in full PPR, because he does right, get the majority right. of their targets. And he's getting a yeah. Point now, yeah, where you you get a point for catching. C- correct. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Your feelings on PPR? Um. Ridiculous. <laughs> a point for catching a ball? Like that's no, no, absolutely ridiculous. No, right. Uh, Justin Fields had 4.9 fantasy points, also left with an injury. Uh, Mac Jones had 5.9 fantasy points. Um, just a terrible. He, he played the full game. Uh, no excuse there for him. Baker Mayfield, no. 6.84 fantasy points. That game was very well played by the Detroit Lions defense because you know how they always say like uh, football is a game of inches. I watched mm-hmm. that game and I could count at least three or four times where literally an inch different and Mayfield is one of the top five quarterbacks this week. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that does scare me about Mayfield and even the Bucks in general, that they might not be quite as strong as their numbers have shown because they do have these, this potential, I think to lapse because I just, I think they're playing a little bit above their their stature so yeah i i that would that would be concerning me a little bit if i was an owner of one of their big offensive weapons see for me i i kind of went the opposite way um because so for example there was a play i i i can't remember if it was their first or second drive for the bucks but literally he had mike evans wide open for a home run touchdown like the nearest defender i think was 15 yards away from him and the only reason it, it ended up being intercepted because a defensive lineman was able to get a finger on it as he threw it. And then it it started flipping and falling through the air and a linebacker caught it. Otherwise, that was an 80-yard touchdown for Evans and for Mayfield and would have completely changed the tone of the game. Because at that point, I think it was only 7 nothing or 3 nothing. I don't know. It was very early in the game and they would not have been playing behind for the entire game like they were because... The turnover was in their own red zone uh, and the Lions put some points up on the board as a result. So that right there was a potential for a monster play and a completely game changer for them. And it just just the game of inches didn't bounce their way, unfortunately. And there were a couple other times, just bad drops. Uh, Baker got hit as he threw kind of thing. It just the Lions played a great game defensively. So I wasn't that worried about uh from watching it, I wasn't that worried for moving forward. But uh, the Lions, what what it also told me is the Lions are a legit opponent now. Like, you have to respect them. Yeah, I think they have a good defense. And I think they, they're a strong team. 
Um, I'm not too concerned only because in none of my leagues do I have any bucks. So uh, I don't have to be yeah, there you go. concerned at all. But... Unfortunately, I do, but so I, I have be, to pay attention. I'd be slightly more concerned. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> you do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're you're relying a little bit on my guns. Yeah, oh, well. So far, so good. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, running back conquerors, we had Raheem Mostert without Devon Achan. So he had 32.7 fantasy points. Uh, Kyron Williams had 21.8. Uh, unfortunately, he then uh, he did injure his ankle in that game, so he will be out. Travis Etienne, 21.8 points as well. Still the only consistent part of that Jaguars offense. Uh, Derek Henry had 18.3 fantasy points. I think like six of which came on a play where he was the Wildcat quarterback. So maybe that's just what they need to do moving yeah. forward. I don't, I don't know. Because he's not throwing a, a huge touchdown pass. He'll do a little jump pass or something. So if he's getting the ball immediately, like, you know, he's running the ball. Um, oh, definitely. They're going to need to do something there because that's going to become too predictable. Very yeah. Quickly. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I know that that offense is in trouble if Tannehill goes down because like he's not great, but he's better than what they have and at least adds that passing element to the game. Yeah, Willis has just not been strong enough yet. Um, So, yeah, I agree. I think they're uh, they're going to need to either look for something else or need Tannehill back. Yeah. And uh, if if Willis beat out uh, Will Levis for. the second string role and he's looking like that i don't even want to see will levis on the field (laughs) nope i don't like i just don't think they have another option which is too bad and that's the thing if you know when these injuries happen especially the quarterback position you have to look at how it affects your whole offense so people who have hopkins and derrick henry or any of the other pieces on the titans you have to be thinking about this and how it's going to impact you because i yeah i agree i think even though Tannehill's not the best he still gives them a chance to score points, not even win the game. That doesn't matter in fantasy, but to score points and they'd be having an effective offense. So it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward and see how long Tannehill might be out for. Yeah, definitely something to pay attention to. If you have a piece of their offense, some busts at running back. We had Damian Pierce with 3.4 fantasy points, Tyler Algier, 5.1, David Montgomery at 3.8, Javante Williams at 7.2 and Joe Mixon at 7.7. The Falcons have kind of switched away from their running game. eh? Like Bijan hasn't been having monster games. Algier hasn't been doing much. They've been throwing the ball a lot more. Desmond Ritter's been okay for fantasy. Um, It's the exact opposite approach that I would be taking if I was them. I don't, I mean, they're not doing too bad. It, I, I think, I think they overcorrected to start with uh, the run game, and now they've overcorrected the other way, and now they're just pass heavy. And I think you just got to find that that happy medium. Just get Bijan the ball a lot, but balance yeah. it out with throw it, throwing it to London and to uh, Kyle Pitts. Like those are your three best options, and Tyler Algiers in there to spell uh, Bijan Robinson so that he doesn't end up getting hurt. And just just don't overcommit to one or the other, you know. Like keep keep the other keep your opponent guessing. You're three and three. You're you're yeah. tied. You're you're I guess technically you're 
in second place, tied for second place in your division because the Bucks had a bye week. So in a weak division, a, a weak like division, it's a weaker yeah. division, I should say. Yeah. yeah, but but that's still a path to the playoffs. You win your division, right? So yeah, I I think they're just trying to sort out what their offensive identity is, and they just need to find that happy medium and stop going back and forth to the extremes. Definitely. Uh, wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, 25.3 fantasy points. Amon Ross St. Brown with 24.4. Cooper Cup, 24.3. So he's stepped right back into his major role. Uh, Puka had a bit of a down game there. Uh, that was one drop touchdown pass away, though, from being a fine game. So I wouldn't be too worried. Yeah, if he hadn't dropped that, like if he hadn't dropped that ball, you, you know, yeah, he, right? he would have like been fine. That was a close one. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that offense, I think that offense has that, the potential to use both of those two players very effectively. Like Stafford's proven he's a good quarterback. They have, when, when healthy, they have a decent running game that they know they can use well. They've got a player in Williams who, who's obviously proven his worth and especially in fantasy, but has that potential that they're a pretty well coached team. Like they're someone that you could see these two wide receivers be used very, very well. Again, it's a shame that he dropped that, but he's, yeah, he was one touch, like that touchdown pass would have made a big difference. So yeah, I, I, it's one week with it. It's too early to tell. It's certainly good to see for Cooper Cup managers that he stepped back in and he doesn't seem to show any signs of the injury, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, if you have Puka, just temper your expectations and know that he will be Good, borderline great, but he won't be elite because that's going to Cooper Cup. Uh, Adam Thielen continued to have a great week because he scored another touchdown uh, at 23 fantasy points, and Keenan Allen had 18 fantasy points. Some busts. We had DeAndre Hopkins with 2.5 points, Jerry Judy 2.9, Marquise Goodwin 2.9, T. Higgins at 3, Devonta Adams at 3.9. Um... Devonta Adams, I'm not really overly surprised. They were playing the Patriots, and Bill Belichick likes to take your best player away from you. So with how Josh Jacobs has performed this year, that went to Devonta Adams. So I wouldn't be too worried about him because uh, he's always going to be throwing the ball a ton, to, no matter who's at quarterback. T. Higgins is more the one I would be worried about because he has not done very much this season. Aside from that one spike week, he's been pretty downhill, so... Hopefully the rib injury is what's causing it. And once he's fully healed from it, he's kind of back to full strength and he can benefit from Burrow playing as seems to be back to normal. So hopefully that'll sort itself out because he is in a contract here. So he kind of needs to prove he's still worth that much money for either the Bengals or a new team. Yeah. I mean, Burrow's in, in the, you know, Burrow's going to be driving this. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if Burrow can continue to move things forward and continue to be back to his, you know, his current self, he'll be able to utilize all of his offensive weapons. So yeah, it's just time will tell on that one. I think. Yeah. Uh, Tight end conquerors, Travis Kelsey at 16.9 Dalton Schultz at 14.1 because he got another touchdown. Kyle Pitts with a touchdown, makes his appearance on as a conqueror this week. Uh, also joined by Jonu Smith at 11.6 fantasy points. 
And Michael Mayer had 10 fantasy points to round out our tight end conquerors. And our yeah, Kyle Pitts finally he did. did. Yep, they finally said, "Hey, all right, your turn. Let's get some points." Hunter Henry had 1.2 points as a fantasy bust. Jake Ferguson had two. Kate Otten at two. Chico Zim Okonkwo at 2.8, and Zach Ertz at 3.2. Uh, Zach Ertz just had a bit of a problem catching the ball and hanging on to it because he was still getting targeted a fairly large amount. Yeah. Yeah, his targets were not the issue. No, the quality of the targets maybe, but the targets themselves, they they were there. There were a couple of catchable balls. Oh yeah, there, yeah. But again, I mean, it, you know, I think I think the tight end position has been continued to be all over the place this year. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that was a tougher game for him. Yeah, unfortunately, um, tough game for Dobbs too. He had a bad fantasy finish, but he he looked good enough on the field. Like he. He did what he could. Uh, so let's dive into our start sits for the week at quarterback. I'm going to start with Geno Smith. He's taking on the Cardinals. Uh, he just played the Bengals. Didn't quite reach the shootout level with them, but he's going up against a very exploitable Cardinals defense. Uh, we've, we've seen pretty much everyone except for Dak Prescott throw all over them. And... Uh, He's healthy, seems to be back to normal. He's got all of his weapons. I think this is going to be a good game for all your Seahawk fantasy options, so feel free to fire them up. Yeah, I think this could be a, one of those games I talked about earlier that's met like huge offensive. You've got, because even Seattle's defense has been hit and miss this year. So I think if the Cardinals get going, um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a battle. Um, my start this week is Sam Howell. Also a a potential big offensive week. They're taking on the New York Giants. Howell's coming off a really good week. The Giants are absolutely a disastrous football team. Uh, They can't seem to help themselves. This is a big divisional game. Uh, This is something that you always see teams want to rise up for, and I think Howell's going to have a great game. That will be be another one that could potentially blow up. Again, it all depends. Depends what's going on with the quarterback situation in New York, but still – at least for now, Sam Howell, I think, will have a good time against that defense. Yeah, I think the Giants are just essentially a team. If you have a fantasy option that's going up against them, just throw them in there. Yeah, because best you're even even you know the worst case scenario is you know you get a game like they had they had against the Cardinals where they do mount a comeback and they do play well, but then there's high offensive points anyway. You know, the, the Giants have proven they can score in bunches at times, but they're just so inconsistent with it that, you yeah, I don't know, the game just gets out of hand really fast, and that's good for fantasy. Yep, absolutely. More points equals uh, more fantasy points. So Imagine, Imagine that. that. Uh, my quarterback sit of the week is Kirk Cousins. Uh, we spoke about Justin Jefferson. He is a big part of their offense. They have not looked that... Uh, great since he's gone down. Um, they're going up against the 49ers. I mean, that's a tough matchup. Even if they had Justin Jefferson, I'd probably still say sit him because that's just a absolutely painful matchup to go against that defense, uh, even though they just lost to the Browns. So I think they're going to come out and try to uh, smack the Vikings in the mouth to make up for that. So also it's prime time. Well, yeah, like the bounce yeah. back. And to wrap yeah, it all like up, it's prime time, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So. <laughs> Primetime Kirk Cousins. And you like that point you made is so true. And we see it in the NFL all the time. You have a rough week 
and your team, a good team, will bounce back and actually destroy someone. Like, I think the 49ers are that type of team. They had a rough week this week. I think they're going to really come down hard on the Vikings. And it just so happens to be prime time, which Kirk Cousins isn't, isn't good at anyway. And the 49ers have been in a lot of prime time games and have played very well. So, yeah, I, I expect this one to be an absolute blowout. Um, and I don't think that Cousins is going to have a, a good game against that defense. No, so I agree with that. no. Um, my sit is Jared Goff from the Lions. Um, I think this is going to be a close game between Detroit and Baltimore, but th- that's one where I think the defenses are going to prevail here. I think it'll, Detroit has a pretty good defense. Baltimore can shut people down. Their offense hasn't been exactly clicking the way they want it to. They've had spurts of it being very good. So I just think Goff's going to be in a bit of a tight tight and difficult situation. And if it becomes a close game, I do think their running game is going to play a little bit more. They're going to want to see what Gibbs can can do. They're going to want to use him, give him an opportunity. So I think Goff's, a, a, if you have another option, sit Jared Goff this week and go with the other option. All right, my running back start of the week, Brian Robinson. Who is he playing? The Giants. He has been a very dependable part of their offense. They're running the ball a lot with him, especially in the red zone. Uh, he's involved in the passing game. The Giants are terrible against stopping the run. All in all, this is a great matchup for, like I said, for all your commanders, but especially for Brian Robinson. Yeah, I just talked about my uh, my start, and it's uh, Jamari Gibbs. Same, same kind of reasons that I just gave us why you should sit golf. I think they're going to run him. I think they're going to be in a close game against Baltimore. I think the running game will be important here. They're going to want to establish him along the ground. They're going to give him a chance, give him some red zone opportunities. I think that can take away from some of your QB touchdowns. It'll end up going to Gibbs. So I think you can count on Gibbs to have a decent game. I'm really interested to see what happens here. He could really establish himself with with Montgomery being out and take advantage of it. So I say go and start Gibbs this week. All right. Who do you have for your running back sit? Wait, who do I have for my running back sit? Oh, right. This is where I screwed up. Okay. So I'm going to explain this and it's fine. So I, I accidentally wrote Bijan Robinson as the, uh, the sit when I sent Josh my notes. And that's actually, I don't actually believe that. I think Bijan is somebody who you should start this week. I don't think he's a sit. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with my backup sit from my my list. We're going to go deep cut list here. Jerome Ford. Going to go All with, right. Going to go with Jerome Ford uh who I think at the end of the day I think the Browns are in real tough. Even though they're playing the Colts. So this looks like a good chance for them. I don't know what's going on with the QB situation with what's happening with Watson. He's been hurt. I don't think that Ford has really worked out the way they wanted him to or the way he did in that first couple of weeks. So I'm going to give Jerome Ford um, say that he's going to be difficult against the Colts who've had a good time stopping the run in some of their games. I think this is one of those games that could potentially go really badly and be a snooze fest, which to me is good for your running backs. So I'm going to go uh, with Ford. All right. And I'm going to go with Najee Harris. Uh, the Steelers' run game has not been good, at least as where it involves Najee. They're going up against the Rams. I think they're going to be playing from behind, and they're going to have to abandon the run and try to get something going through the air. All in all, I just don't... I there, There's very few matchups this year at this point where I'd say, yeah, you should 100% fire Najee Harris into your lineup. 
Uh, I think that there's a chance he could end up not being a starter or at least be in like a 50-50 timeshare uh, moving forward. And I I mean, maybe we'll see something different coming out of their bye week with um, with their offensive coordinator and like the way that they're going to utilize this offense. But from what we've seen, it's been very uninspiring and just not great on the field or for your fantasy lineups. So I'm saying sit Najee Harris this week. My wide receiver start this week is DK Metcalf. We've already talked about this matchup. I think it's going to be great for the Seahawks. Um, they're they're playing an Arizona team that does let in a lot of points. It, it might be a big offensive game for both teams. DK Metcalf's been the number one target of Geno Smith, especially in red zone and scoring situations. They've got other pieces around them that that make it work that Metcalf can get enough attention off of him that he can still make big plays. I expect that Metcalf will have a big week this week. My wide receiver start of the week is Mike Evans, and they're going up against the Falcons. The Buccaneers run game with Rashad White has not been great. So I and the Falcons have a pretty decent, not not terrifying, but a decent run defense. So I think if the Buccaneers want to get some points on the board and try to uh, potentially outscore the Falcons, if they continue to have good week, uh, they're going to need to go through the air with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And Mike Evans has been Baker Mayfield's guy. So I'm saying fire him up. My sit is Michael Pittman uh, of the Colts. I think uh, the Colts are going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be affected and impacted by the change at quarterback. I know that they'll end up going to a bit more of a pocket situation, which has benefited them in the past. Um, I do think that at the end of the day, Cleveland's defense is good enough to put up a strong fight. That's what makes this game for me one of those ones that could be in the teens, really low scoring, lots of field goals, the occasional touchdown here and there. Um, Michael Pittman, I just don't see him uh, getting loose against this team. And whenever you've got quarterback changes and situations, living with a new reality, I think it takes time for the teams to adjust that. So I'm going to say sit him uh, and wait to see what happens after this week. Yep, I'm uh, pretty much the same reasoning for mine. DJ Moore with Justin Fields out with the injury. Uh, they're going to be running out. I think I'm saying his name right. Tyson Bagent? 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 I, I don't know. A- anyways, not a fan. I've never, who is this person? I, I've never even heard of this person. Who is this, this is who the, the, the Bears are going to be playing uh, at quarterback in week seven. So... Oh yeah, yeah. Sit, just, sit, sit, more, sit more. Sit more. <laughs> yeah, sit no, the Bears. Yeah, just there. take a Listen, time out. No offense to that guy, but I just I've never even heard. Yeah, of no, me either. <laughs> I had know? to Google him. I had to. I'd be like, wait, I actually don't even know who's taking over yeah. for Justin Fields. I, I had to look that up. Um, but yeah, wow. you you can sit there. You can sit him, uh, DJ Moore, this week. Sit all the Bears this week. You don't want any part of that. I would not put a bear in this week. Yeah, not until you see how this new quarterback, whose name I already forgot, to see how he performs. All right. uh, At tight end, my start of the week is Zach Ertz. So I know we just talked about him. He did not really have that great of a week. But in this matchup, I think they're going to have to pass quite a bit to try to... uh, Well, I mean, they have to do that every week to try to stay in line. And he's been one of Joshua Dobbs' more uh, more consistent targets, I guess. Um, he's he's had double digit, almost 
He's had two weeks at double-digit targets, and then a couple of weeks that were he started closing in. I think this might be a bounce-back week where they kind of have to focus on the throwing game. They don't have James Conner, and Hollywood Brown is really the only other guy who's getting targets. So I think Zach Ertz is going to have a bounce-back week against the Seahawks when they're probably going to be playing from behind the majority of the game. Uh, yep, they're going to uh, they're going to need him. Uh, my start this week is Darren Waller. I, kind of for similar reasons of what you're saying. I think they're going to need something. The Giants are going to need something to compete with the Commanders this week. Um, I think that the Giants have proven they can score in bunches, and I think Washington is a strong enough offense where they may actually have to do that. So I'm I'm playing hedging my bets that Waller will be the go-to guy. They've had such an issue at the receiving core this year. Everyone's been up and down, inconsistent, inconsistent running backs. Waller is a veteran, amazing tight end that his, I don't think his potentials would have been met this year. I think you, they know they can trust on him, and I think he'll be relied upon to help get them back in this game um, and battle offensively against uh, the commanders. All right. My tight end sit of the week is Hunter Henry. The Patriots offense has been absolutely brutal this year. They're going up against the Bills. This is not going to be a good time. Just leave, leave your Patriots on the bench. <laughs> My uh, tight end sit uh, is Luke Musgrave. Uh, this is a, a really tough battle, I think, for Green Bay, even though, you know, I've been really bad on the down on the Broncos all year. The Broncos have proven they can score, which will force Green Bay to start doing some passing. I think they'll look for the long bomb. I think Jordan Love's got to try to work with his two young receivers. I don't think Musgrave's going to have... Um, a very good week this week, even though this game could also be a big offensive push. I think Jordan Love will be pushing the ball down the field and trying to establish something with his deep receivers. Um, even we're seeing the third receiver get targeted more often than we've been seeing the tight end. So Luke Musgrave, I think you can sit this week. All right. And that is it for our week seven start sits. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Stay safe.